All right, guys, welcome back. Colin Smith and Buddy Bianca Lana here from Zone Motion. And today we are going to pick up right where we left off. Uh, last time, I believe we talked about static state training, which is the second stage in the Zone Motion system pyramid. And uh, today we're going to we're going to go the, the level up. We're going to go from setting that mental and emotional foundation to actually learning how zone experiences can be achieved while you're moving. Because that's really the key, right, buddy? It's about it's not about entering the zone while you're sitting on your couch or at home. It's about entering the zone when it matters most. And it's interesting that you mentioned that right away because I just started a new client yesterday, a quarterback. And, uh, you know, we've only worked together for a few days. And he was feeling great when he went to practice. And he played terribly, you know, because we haven't gotten far enough along to really affect the neural pathways in the brain. So but you're exactly right. <clears throat> you can feel great off the field. You know, you can meditate all you want, which is really meditation is important. All the techniques are very, very important. But getting on the field is where the deep understanding, the integration needs to take place in order for the performance to really rise to the surface and for all athletes to play really uh, kind of beyond what they think is possible, to be honest with you. Yeah. And so that's accomplished through, you know, something that you call dynamic drills. And so just give us kind of a foundational understanding of of what dynamic drills are and, and why they're why are they called dynamic drills? Well, they're called dynamic drills because they're they're utilized while the athlete is performing a motion, and quite often motion in sports are, are pretty dynamic motions. Um, and so they're utilized to allow the information the athlete is processing to get to the middle of the brain, which is where the motion is stored, and then to the back of the brain so that they can produce the motion in, in the most fluid, effortless manner where all the muscles are firing synchronistically. Big problem, as you know, Colin, is the front of the brain is really wired to intercept those signals. And that's a problem because then the information is not getting to the middle of the brain where you're, you're unable to access your best motion. And so, you know, you're inconsistent, right? And the, and the confidence is vacillating, right? You talk to so many people, they talk about confidence, confidence, right? <clears throat> And so real confidence and sustainable confidence is really is when you really understand what's taking place and how to get to the middle of the brain and then the back of the brain and really bypass that the front of the brain and do all the things that are necessary neurophysiologically to make that your default state. And then you can be consistent and then confidence becomes sustainable. Yeah. And to me, <clears throat> when I when I think about the zone motion system, the dynamic drills are really what sets us apart from a lot of the other people, you know, teaching mental performance, teaching, you know, about some of these other concepts we've talked about in lifestyle habits. We talked about sleep. We talked about nutrition. We talked about mindfulness. That's not necessarily anything new, anything groundbreaking, because a lot of people are preaching that stuff now. And so what we recognize that that's important. Of course, it's the foundation. And even when you go a level up to static state training, and we start to talk about these mental and emotional skills and not as many people talk about those, I think, right. Awareness, acceptance, and detachment, but they're still not, you know, they're, they're all just, you know, things that you can do before you get on the field. And there's a lot of people who just talk about, they only focus on like off the field stuff. And so for you, I mean, what's, what do you think would happen to an athlete if they decided, you know what, I'm just going to focus on the lifestyle habits and static state training and I'm not really going to go any further. Like what, what do you, in your experience, what happens to an athlete when they only focus on that stuff? Well, they certainly get better, um, but nowhere near how, how good they can be 
if they start to work on the dynamic drills while they're performing, which is what really, that's the, that's the paradigm shift that has to be made because anytime, and our studies have shown this, anytime the physical mechanic, the biomechanic, whatever it is in whatever sport, or the desired result, the outcome, anytime that becomes the priority for the brain, information doesn't move to the middle of the brain and the back of the brain like it can. There's gonna be an imbalance in the muscles, which is part of the reason for the, the injury epidemic, which we've discussed in previous podcasts. So, um, the, and, and you know, quite often when a coach is working with a player and working on the mechanics, which are very, very important, if they're not understanding the brain-body connection and how the brain functions, it becomes hit and miss. It, it can take a long time for those mechanics, even though they're proper mechanics, to really integrate into the whole. And so the whole key is when we have the brain in the right state, right? Mechanics are introduced that are based on physics with the proper angles, which are now being taught, which is great. Integration occurs very quickly. So we see tremendous <clears throat> um, speed and development of an athlete. It's crazy how quickly it can happen. But if the brain's in the wrong state, if the mechanics are based on physics or some guy's philosophy, it's hit and miss, hit and miss. It's a slow boat to China that quite often, you know, it may not arrive. So we just want to always increase the chances, brain in right state, mechanics based on physics. Well, they come together in a very simple manner. Of course, it's not that simple. I mean, it is simple, much more simple, but certainly a lot of the, the whole nervous system plays a big part in all that. So it all has to be addressed. Yeah, and I, I remember too, you know, hearing, hearing you talk about this, it's one thing to, to understand the theory of it, but I think, it was it was amazing for me because I think it was in uh, it was in Virginia where we were recording some content for our course that's going to be on the on the Zone Motion app where I got to watch you work with players for the first time one pitcher and one hitter and for me just watching that that was like the paradigm shift for me I think before that it was all kind of theory and I was like okay I kind of understand what's going on here but then to see the shift in an athlete when they start to practice those drills, like for example, they had the, um, the nine, eight, seven drill, um, you know, that you, that you, that you walked them through. It was, it was amazing just to see that shift happen. And you could tell that they were, that they were on, right. They were in the zone. They were able to get in the zone. They didn't stay in the whole time because it's difficult when you're first, when you first learn it. But, you know, with, then we looked at the, the, uh, we looked at the spin rate. We looked at, some of the the metrics and, and the mechanics that these guys were working on. And we saw, I mean, better results all across the board. And that was even when they weren't doing it perfectly right every single time. So it's like, I think that to me, that speaks a lot to the power. And it was really cool to, to get to see you actually do that with somebody for the first time. Right. The body has an inner intelligence, you know, it knows a lot about what to do. And, and certainly coaching is very, very important. And biomechanical coaching is extremely important. Um, but when we start to put the brain in the right state, the body's inner intelligence kind of just starts to take over and you, you naturally make some um, mechanical changes that are more conducive for the success you're trying to achieve. So, um, and, and it can happen very quickly, but the, the integration aspect and, and the continuing of the you know, building and strengthening and maintaining the neural pathways uh, are essential. Just like, uh, you know, working out, talked about if you're going to the gym, you know, go once a week, you're not going to get the results with your body that you want. But if you have a regular routine, you're very diligent over time, all of a sudden you see big changes. And, um, you know, working, working, working with neural pathways and, and the energy system of the body, it's a very delicate system. And, you know, we're humans and 
we have emotions and we have concerns and, and some fears and things like that. And so really shifting um, all of those so that we can really, really be in alignment. Um, mechanics based on physics, like they're being taught by so many great coaches uh, around um, our country now. Um, that's when we can really expect yeah. development and really achieve the performance that, uh, you know, when I say beyond what people believe, I believe that to be true. I've seen it and, and quickly. Um, so that's, that's what's possible. Yeah. And I think you, you alluded to the idea of working together with existing philosophies, existing coaches who are teaching the proper mechanics. And I know we've talked about this uh, on past podcasts with the whole injury prevention um, part of zone motion. Uh, but to me, to me, it seems like this is something where it's just a no brainer, right? Like it's one plus one equals 10 where you have, you know, the biomechanics based on physics that most coaches are teaching. And you could even combine that, bundle it in with technology that allows you to capture those mechanics. And so you have the capturing, you have the coach who's looking at it, who's making the changes. But then the other piece of it is like, how are they making the changes? How are they using the brain to make the changes in the best way possible? So that when they're when they have that motion, not only is it the correct motion mechanically, but it's the correct engagement of all the muscles, right? Because sometimes you can't see fully what's going on. And we've done that EMG research to show that even if a mechanic's perfect, there might be high stress on soft tissues because of that front brain interference. And so when you're, when you're preaching those mechanics too much without the other piece of it, which I don't think there's anything else like, you know, what we do with the zone motion system. I mean, I, I guess I'm a little biased, but <laughs> you know, that when you have those two things together, it produces the result that everybody wants in the safest way possible. Exactly. And, you know, one of the, um, one of the findings in the study I did at the American sports medicine Institute in Birmingham, the uh, Institute that Dr. Andrews um, and Dr. Glenn Fleissig run. Um, one of the things we found is what you just said, that we found that the mechanic to be the same from pitch to pitch. We did it with 17 college pitchers. The mechanics could be the same, but the soft tissue could be different. And we know that's a big part of what's going on with the pitch, pitching injury epidemic. And it's because the brain is not in the right state, so the muscles don't fire synchronistically. The information is not getting to the middle of the brain and the back of the brain like it can. Front of the brain's interfering, intercepting those signals. The bigger muscles become a little more dominant, subtle muscles a little less uh, uh, participation. It's a little tug of war on ligaments and tendons, which is which is going on. But um, you know, when you when you uh, work on the, the the integration, I like to say right at the the intersection of intention and execution, right right at that intersection, that's when you know things come together where there's much less strain on the body, and uh, when you combine less strain on the body with guys that are really stronger than ever, then your chances of reducing injuries are going to be reduced. We still see injuries, right? There's still plenty of injuries. Guys are so strong. There's so much torque. There's so much arm speed, so much strength. Injuries are still occurring. Um, however, do we want to really limit, limit those injuries, limit the chance of those injuries, allow for fluid motion, allow for higher spin rate, more movement. We see all this with pitchers. Um, and that all comes as, as a byproduct of integrating properly and being able to access the motion um, systematically. So the, you know, the, the nervous system is in now in a default state where there's fluidity of motion, there's no strain, there's more ease, there's more joy. Um, and that's, 
that's uh, that's what happens, and it's what needs to happen for us to play our best. There's no philosophy or theory here, Colin. <laughs> Just so you know, it's it's all all, all proved by science. And um, you know, I really look forward to the day where I know we'll, we'll be doing a lot more research, which will be really really fun. I love doing the research, and uh, we'll do more of that at some point. And I think for you know everybody that that pays attention to baseball, especially some of the some of the older guys that have been watching for a really long time, they'll they'll kind of recognize what we're talking about as just a lack of fluidity. And I believe Dan Jennings, you know, he's he gave a quote for our our upcoming book, and he said that the lack of fluidity is is a big problem now in in baseball, and it contributes to that injury epidemic that we're seeing. And so, and it makes sense, like on an intuitive level, right? Like if you're tight and you're you know, if you're stiff, um, you're, you're going to be more prone to injury. It's actually what happens. I, I think I might be butchering the the example here, but when you get hit by a car or something, you get hit by something or you take a fall. If you're stiff, you're more likely to get injured. If you're relaxed, you're less likely to get injured. And so in, in some sense, it's kind of the same thing where if there's ease and there's, you know, flow and all of the, you said the smaller muscles are being engaged like they should all the way through the kinetic chain then you don't have those injury problems where you run into problems is when the kinetic chain starts to fire out of order and the, and the muscles that are overcompensating. And we see this in society at large, by the way, too. Well, I, you know, I, I, I worked as a, a stretchologist up until pretty recently and every day people would be coming in to get this, this, you know, assisted stretch. And I, I could just see in their body, like how, how tight they had gotten because of prolonged sitting or prolonged, uh, compromised positions in general. And the thing that happens when you're in a compromised position is muscles that aren't supposed to be firing are firing and they're overcompensating and they're not meant to. And so when that happens, it just, it tightens everything up. And, you know, some people think you have to just, you know, get in there and, and work the knot out, so to speak, but really an equal part of it is just strengthening the muscles that are supposed to be firing to begin with because then you take the pressure off. So if you restore in the same way with zone motion, if you restore the proper firing of the kinetic chain, then there is no resistance. There is no overcompensation. Exactly. And, you know, interesting that um, I'm working with this uh, professional baseball pitcher who recently told me his body feels better than ever. That, you know, he just feels great. And that's exactly what you're saying. And, and it comes down to non-resistance, right? The state of allowance and non-resistance is where the freedom is. And I think, you know, as a human for all of us, right, it's it's not easy to be in a non-resistant state in life that, you know, we're, we're striving, we want to achieve this, we have these desires. And, you know, however, when we can really take our foot off the gas pedal and allow those desires to just kind of more come to us, that state of allowance is really, really powerful. And that's what you're talking about. And the body does start to free up. And, um and it doesn't take much for the body to tighten up. It, 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 you know, they're very, very subtle processes in the brain that affect the muscles. And um, so that state of non-resistance of allowing the information to flow through the brain to the middle of the brain and the back of the brain is the key. Yeah, and it's it's the same reason why they say, you know, stress is at the center of so many different illnesses because the brain really does have the power or the nervous system has the power to dictate your state of health your physiology and so it, it's it sounds it sounds a little it's it's so obvious that it's almost too obvious where people just ignore it right like stress stress is a big killer stress causes disease well yeah. in the same way if you're if you don't have that ease how is it going to affect your performance 
right? If it affects your physiology in terms of disease, it's going to affect your physiology with everything that you do. Couldn't say any better than that. No, no, no comment. Absolutely. So, so take me back real quick, because I kind of want, I want to back up and just, you know, refocus on dynamic drills. This, this seems like something, it, they're very simple, right? All the dynamic drills are very, very simple. Um, and, and the idea is, right, that we're distracting the front of the brain, creating a distraction for the front of the brain, kind of like how you would give a toy to a child to keep them distracted, right? You could right. think of your front brain the same way. And so you're giving a, a, you know, a simple cue from the drill to distract the front brain. And when that happens, the middle and the back of the brain can go to work. My question for you is, how did you figure this out? Like, how did, where did this information come from? Like, was it just gifted to you from a, from a yeah. higher source? Like, how did, how did that happen? I, I learned a lot from Stephen Yellen, who I met years ago, and then started to figure out more things myself and, and, and really more about the nervous system. And, you know, I had, we've talked about, you know, I had concussions as a child and, and, um, when you have concussions, especially as a child, you grow up not even knowing you have concussions. You, you know, you, you don't remember that you fell off a, a bathroom counter. I didn't remember when I fell off a counter when I was less than a year old. And, you know, you just don't feel right. And so I've had to my whole life kind of navigate differently than, than people who have had healthy brains. And, and so I've kind of had to find ways to make my life work, make my body work better, um, help with my thoughts, help control my thoughts help control my motion with whatever it is I'm doing. Um, so the combination of Steven and, and, and uh, learning, you know, learning what I've had to learn is, um, is what's done this. Desperation is a great teacher. Amen. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it, it makes sense to me because it's almost like if it works for, if it's going to work for you, it's going to work for everybody. Cause if it can help you, you know, with all of the brain problems that you've, that you've had, the injuries that you've sustained, if it works for you, it's going to work for everybody. Right. And it's not, this is not something for problem cases. You know, I, I can consider myself quote a problem case and I get problem cases to work with, but when I get quote a non-problem case, oh my gosh, it's amazing what can happen where there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of good things going on physiologically with the athlete. And we just, and typically they don't understand what really makes them great. And so we start to help them understand what makes them naturally very, very good. And it's, it's amazing what can happen with their performance. Um, I think back, and I think I may have told the story on a previous podcast, but one non-problem uh, pitcher I got, professional pitcher several years ago, <clears throat> who was, you know, was a, a 5'10 right-handed pitcher, you know, got a $1,000 signing bonus, was really going to, you know, he's stuck in extended spring training for the Cubs, was, you know, the cards were really, really stacked against him. And he called me and reached out to me and we worked with him. And a few weeks later, went to a ball. A few weeks later after that, he went to high a ball. He ended up having the second, second lowest whip in all of baseball behind Clayton Kershaw. He was a guy who was a non-problem case, had a lot of really, really good things going on in his physiology who didn't understand it, fine tuned, strengthened, maintained. And he, you know, he went on to have, uh, have success. So, um, Again, a lot of people think that, you know, what we teach at Zone Motion is for someone who is struggling, uh, who's a real problem case, really having a hard time. And certainly we help them. And Zone Motion is for those, those athletes as well. But um, quite often, someone who's going well, they don't really understand what's, what's taking place. And then they hit a slump and they work hard and they pull, pull out of the slump. And the, but as we talked about in our last podcast, slumps do not have to be part of the game. 
you know, that that's a myth. Slump is just a, a slump is just a breakdown of the mind body connection. And when you don't really understand that mind body connection and, and you're, you're not trained to strengthen that connection on a regular basis, slumps will occur. And we talk about this at length in, in our book and also in the training uh, that we have on the app is the access problem and the development problem. And so this goes back to you know one of our earlier podcasts when we talked about what is the zone. It doesn't matter. if you, Even if you think you're not having problems, it's guaranteed that your access isn't always 100%. All of us. Right? All of us. All and of everything, us. everything we do in life. And so if that's the case, why would you settle for anything less, right? And so we talked about why, why are we normalizing subpar performance? Why are we normalizing slumps? It doesn't make any sense. No. And so- why not shoot for the absolute highest, right? It's not, and, and a lot of people say, well, it's just not achievable. It's just not achievable. That's just a, an attitude. That's just a belief you have. It's not based in reality. You know, our beliefs, our beliefs control our life. You know, beliefs control the thoughts, thoughts affect the emotions and emotions really, you know, create a ceiling on, on our desires in life. And a lot of people can't understand why they're running into blocks. Why, why are they not successful? What's going on? You know, and typically what they do, they blame the outer world. They blame somebody else. Blame the coach, the teacher, an injury, whatever it is, instead of taking full responsibility and going looking for, you know, how can I remove what's in my way that I don't know is in my way, right? We don't, I don't know what I don't know. I can't see what I can't see. I can't remember what I forgot, right? But as long as I'm open to it, right, and I'm aligned, my experience is all the answers come. And so the whole key is the vulnerability to being open to being very humble, right? Being very humble to what we don't know. And when we're humble to what we don't know, then we have a chance for, for more information to reach us, to really sink in. Um, so I can't, I can't say enough about humility um, and, and the, the importance of just being open to high, higher knowledge, more knowledge, higher states, that, uh, you know, to really up our game. Absolutely. So I want to single out maybe just one simple example of a, of a dynamic drill just so people can, can can get an understanding of it and just so you guys know we we talk about dynamic drills in the book and we have a bunch of baseball uh pitcher and hitter dynamic drills on our app uh so if you guys want to learn more about those definitely visit you know there it's uh it's fairly fairly cheap to upgrade you can obviously get a lot of content for free but then if you if you upgrade you'll get everything and so the one drill that comes to mind for me was when you were working with the pitcher, I remember his name, his name is Colin, um, that dropped the ball drill, right? Can you just tell me a little bit about that and how that works in the, in the brain? Yeah. So what I do is I'll have the uh, players put their hands out like this and I'll hold two baseballs or tennis balls above their hands and drop one or the other or both. Right. So they're, they've got to move the body to catch the balls. And when the brain is in the proper state where information is getting in the middle and the back of the brain, what starts to happen <clears throat> is the body's movement will be reduced. You'll just do exactly what's necessary to catch the balls. There won't be any unnecessary movements like this. You'll just start to move right in here. So the body is naturally starting to adjust to the proper brain state, less unnecessary uh, movement and more precision in, in, in what it is that you want to achieve. And it just it simplifies things. Not only does it simplify things, uh, it really settles the mind as well to allow the integration take place of the motion with the state of mind. 
and you know, obviously this is the motion we're trying to um, access, trying to teach, okay? This, we're simplifying here as opposed to a mechanic with a, a baseball swing or golf swing or a pitching mechanic. But um, the body just naturally starts to adapt. And then from there, the biomechanics coaching can start to take over and, um, and that's, we start to integrate very, very quickly. Yeah. So, and with all the drills, it's the same, the same principle, right? You're really just training the body to react naturally to the stimulus, to react naturally to the, to the present moment uh, and, and to develop that, that comfort in the present moment. We talked about mindfulness is, is finding comfort in the present moment. And so that's an important foundation off the field. And then with static state training before the motion begins, you want to have that comfort, that is that essential comfort. Um, but then all the way through the motion is important, right? So the dynamic drills are just making sure that that, that foundation that we've set through the first two parts of the zone motion system, you can carry through the motion all the way to the end of the motion, right? Exactly. Because I think if there's, if there's an interruption there, that causes problems. Exactly right. Like, a, like a two-story home, the foundation, if the foundation is really strong, then we can move up to the first story, which is the static state training, right? Then we move up to the dynamic drills, the integration. Then you've got a house that's very, very solid. It's going to look the same every day when you drive down the street. Same thing with an athlete. An athlete should look the same every day when he goes out on the field. There shouldn't be, you know, good day, bad day. It doesn't mean he's going to bat a thousand, but he's going to know how to bat a thousand, right? And that's, uh, that's what we're after. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think it's kind of hard to talk about uh, dynamic drills without mentioning integration. And so I know originally I was thinking maybe we could do another podcast just with integration, but I feel like we've already talked about it a lot. So just so people know, uh, there is dynamic drills. That's the third stage. But then there's a fourth stage, sort of the tip of the pyramid uh, that's called integration. And my understanding of integration is really that you're taking the biomechanic or you're taking the desired uh, result that you want and you're making, you're bringing back just this very small amount of front brain activity so that you can set that intention and get the desired result without becoming attached to it. Right. Exactly right. So, <clears throat> you know, we'd all, we'd all love to take a magic pill and have, you know, we'd love to lay on the couch and have everything just kind of unfold and, you know, because we're, we're not attached and we're just allowing and right. And, but when it pertains to motion, when our brain is in the right state, right. And as you said, where information moving in the middle of the brain and the back of the brain, when we bring back a little front brain activity along with the motion, the, the physical mechanic that we're wanting to integrate into the whole, it integrates very easily. The problem occurs when the mechanic becomes the priority, which is, you know, taught everywhere. It's not that, again, I'm not saying mechanics being taught are wrong. No, it's, it's correct. Absolutely must teach them, right? But for integration to occur, there must be more middle back brain activity than front brain activity. And integration can then, then occur with a little front brain activity. It's almost like you're willing, you're, you're introducing the, the, the idea of will into it. And you're, you're, using, you're using will instead of force. Right. Yeah. So you and it's not desire, it's not based in desire. It's just based on the small amount of just knowing what needs to be done. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's real art to make it happen. Um, but it's taught, can be taught and can be uh, 
can be applied, can be integrated, and, and it really, really speeds up development and helps keep guys uh, free of injury and enhances performance, as we know. Yeah, and I know in our book as well, we talk about, we won't get into them here, but the four pitfalls of the, it's four pitfalls of the zone. And those are those are definitely things that you want to keep in mind, especially through integration, because those are the things that are going to take you out of the zone when you're trying to do that integration. And so whether you're trying to integrate a new biomechanic, like you're trying to you know change the angle uh, of the arm during a pitch, for example, or if you're trying to hit a line drive to right field, whatever your intention is, you got to be aware of those pitfalls because they will they will bring you out of the zone and they will they will definitely cause havoc as well. Absolutely. Yeah. There's some, again, real subtleties in the brain and body that can, uh, and the whole nervous system that can undermine our success. And we're just not aware of the subtleties until we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I don't really have any other, any other closing thoughts, buddy. Do you have anything, anything to kind of wrap up? I think I'm good, Colin. I think I'm complete. Great job. Really good job. I'm going to get back to eating my pork rinds. (laughs) All right. I'm going to make a smoothie. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, this is this is Colin and Buddy signing off. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, please be sure to to rate this if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music. We'd really appreciate uh, getting you know five star ratings from you if you enjoy this content. And if you're listening anywhere else, um, just give it a like, give it a share, give it a thumbs up, a comment. Uh, just reach out to us. Let us know what you think. And uh, we're going to start to to reach out and have some guests on here soon. What do you think, Buddy? Yeah, I look forward to that. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. And also look out. We're uh we're kind of in the early stages still of planning, but we're gonna have our our first virtual summit. So keep keep an eye out for some information about that as well, because we're gonna have a lot, we have a, a lot, lot of people that are that are gonna be good on line, it's a good lineup. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that too. So so stay tuned for some info on that as well. Until then, uh take care and we will see you in the zone. <laughs>